On July 24, 2020, an 89-year-old woman was walking down a Brooklyn street when two men approached her. Without any exchange of words, she was slapped and set on fire. She felt a sharp pain in her back and turned around to quickly realize what was going on. She intuitively rubbed her back on a wall and extinguished the flame. She was uninjured. Her story is just one of the many Asian hate harassment cases across major cities in America. Hello, welcome to the Jokecast. I'm your host, Joseph Chung. I'm a teenager who has a passion for sociology, specifically the problems prevalent within society. If that piques your interest, this is the podcast for you. Today, we will be exploring the recent rise in Asian hate crimes within the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. What if the rise in Asian hate leaves deep scars on both the health and image of Asians in America? Anti-Asian racism is nothing new. In the 19th century, Chinese immigrants began to migrate in the masses to Western America for low-wage and dangerous jobs. Immediately, the notion of Asians coming to steal white jobs emerged. In response, the Supreme Court passed legislation in the People v. Hall case that disallowed Asians to protest against white people in court. Asians were stripped of their right to a fair trial. Asians were even the target of Ku Klux Klan. After the Vietnamese War, many Vietnamese people fleeing the communists were provided safety in the U.S. In Texas, these immigrants entered the shrimping industry and slowly but surely began to dominate. This led to a return of the notion that Asians were stealing white jobs. After a course of a few violent events, the KKK began to patrol Galveston Bay, setting boats of Vietnamese people on fire. There are so many other incidents of anti-Asian sentiment, but these specific events highlight one key point. Asians have suffered racial discrimination too. Asians have been victim to the argument of stealing jobs just like many Latino immigrants currently face. Further, Asians have been victims of violence from white supremacist groups like black people. Some people may believe that Asians are a privileged race. That argument will be touched upon a bit later into the podcast and does not change the past and current struggles Asians are coping with. And more recently, there has been a rise in anti-Asian sentiment due to COVID-19. To remind everyone, the COVID-19 virus started in China and quickly spread internationally. The COVID-19 pandemic has shut down the economy, leaving many unemployed or working remotely while having to take care of their children. Children have been forced to stare at their screens all day, lacking the interaction they once experienced day-to-day with their friends. Some have even lost their loved ones. In fact, over 600,000 people have lost their lives in the U.S. alone. Although disproportionately affecting certain groups such as women, the pandemic has overall hindered the mental health of everyone. So, anger and frustration during this pandemic are reasonable. However, venting this rage on others is not. Specifically, committing violent hate crimes against Asians who had little to do with the start of the pandemic is neither reasonable nor justified. There has been a 150% increase in hate crimes committed against Asians in major cities. Further, data collected by the FBI has shown that Asian hate crimes were on the decline until the COVID-19 pandemic suddenly appeared. It is quite evident that there has been an increase in verbal and physical harassment in correlation with the pandemic.
So what are the repercussions of this rise in Asian hate? Obviously, Asians are being physically and verbally attacked. But what's more troublesome is the heightened anxiety that Asians are experiencing. A study done by Liu et al. reported that Asians who have experienced racism over the pandemic have elevated levels of depression, anxiety, stress, and physical symptoms. Studies have shown that minority groups who are marginalized often suffer health disparities due to the stress of living in a world where they're not fully accepted. Namely, black populations have shown great health problems due to this stress. This is highlighted clearly in the Geronimus et al. paper regarding the weathering hypothesis. The weathering hypothesis claims, quote-unquote, the weathering effects of living in a race-conscious society may be greatest among those blacks most likely to engage in high-effort coping. Black people are faced with many fears in their day-to-day life. If they will be the next victim of police brutality, if their children will live in a better society than they did, etc. All of these stresses lead to the development of health conditions such as high blood pressure. High blood pressure has been linked to various heart diseases. One high blood pressure problem disproportionately affecting black women is within pregnancy. High blood pressure can often lead to infant mortality in both the womb and complications for the baby outside of the womb. High blood pressure could also harm the woman during pregnancy. What I'm trying to hint at is that Asians can also potentially join Blacks and other minority groups in the health disparities trend due to stress. Asians are currently suffering stress from these attacks that have increased with the rise of the pandemic. But what's to stop these attacks from continuing in the future? It is still uncertain whether the coronavirus will be an annual reoccurring virus. Nature magazine surveyed 100 immunologists and virologists on if they believe the coronavirus can be fully eradicated. 90% of respondents believed the coronavirus would be endemic. Endemic means that the coronavirus will always be present and nearly impossible to fully eradicate. Therefore, it is a possible reality that people will need yearly vaccinations to stay protected. If this potential situation does come to fruition, there will likely be a continuance in hatred-fueled actions toward Asians whenever the coronavirus season returns. The offenders already have supple frustration towards this virus and an early occurrence and the complications of getting vaccinated and wearing masks would only fuel this flame. It's interview time! And today we have a special guest and a good friend of mine, Eleanor Kim. Just to preface, Eleanor is both an Asian and a woman, and the questions I asked her were designed to distinguish these two specific parts of her intersectional identity. In reality, there are numerous other factors such as sexual orientation or socioeconomic status that play into her identity and influence both her privileges and oppression within society. But with that being said, Eleanor, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. No, thank you for being here. How has the Asian hate pandemic affected your mental health? So the rise in anti-Asian hate crimes has definitely affected my mental health negatively. 
When I first heard about the nationwide rising crimes, I felt extremely unsafe and anxious. And my mom told me to buy and carry around pepper spray. And the fact that I had to willingly comply and accept that as my reality was extremely disturbing. I see. I'm sorry to hear that. Do you think that being a woman has exacerbated your fears? Yeah, being a woman has definitely exacerbated my fears. Um, I became more aware of how unsafe it is to be a teenage girl alone in public. And I felt as though safety and my peace of mind while being in public was a luxury that I did not have. Uh, finding out about the hate crimes committed against young women, young Asian women, felt like a sign that this could easily happen to me too. Uh, well, thank you for uh, taking this time to talk to me. Thank you for having me on this podcast. In the case that the coronavirus pandemic disappears, Asians will still suffer losses. Losses in their multi-ethnic identity. This pandemic has damaged the identity of Asians in that the blaming of Asians for this pandemic partially erases the various different cultures within Asia from the image of who an Asian is. From the works of Confucius to the various foods like pho, dumplings, and rice, there's so much rich culture that Asians contribute to America. However, now the different cultural aspects of Asians have been partially replaced by the coronavirus. Further, Asians have often been considered honorary whites. However, the pandemic has made it clear that this is a facade. The current acts of hatred, the past acts that have been brought to light, and the future health disparities that may appear all indicate so. It is unclear where Asians stand as a minority in America, and whether Asians are foreigners or Americans. You do not have to be Asian to help solve this problem. If you'd like to take further action, here are a few resources. Stop AAPI Hate is a great resource to learn more about the issue. Additionally, if you have been a victim or have witnessed Asian hate, there is a reporting system available on the website. The website also offers national reports on mental health and intersecting identities like Asian women. Another awesome resource is Asian Americans Advancing Justice, AAJC, which offers similar information to the first website. This website also helps people take action, such as pressuring local politicians to do something about the situation. In terms of the sequence of solving a social problem, there has been significant social problem claims making, media coverage, and public reaction. There's also been some policymaking as President Biden signed a bill earlier in May that aims to allow for more accessible reporting at both the local and state levels. The legislation also aims to provide resources for reporting hate crimes in multiple languages. Further policy could potentially heighten the punishment for hate crimes, discouraging such actions, or just reinforce actions already taken in Biden's initial policy. The challenge of proposing effective policy is that those who commit the offense are often mentally unstable, so a heftier punishment, for example, may not prove to be an obstacle for them. And that concludes our podcast. If you stayed until the end, I'd like to thank you for your time. And with that, goodbye.